0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Big Book Living Alive podcast, a weekly podcast showcasing the 1993 Big Book Seminar presented by Joe and Charlie in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I am your host, Brad S., and I am an alcoholic. I have to admit, I didn't get it the first time I heard the promises, all these things that you're going to get. But that's the thing. They're actually results. They're things that you get after you've done the hard work, and I didn't quite understand that until a little bit later and they started happening it's not uncommon to be in the rooms and hear people three, four months in when the promises are read, they start uh, nodding their head and you'll you'll hear them talking about how things have started to come true and while the promises are simple releases from that bondage of alcohol. They're simple ways to say, hey, we're not like we were because now we know we have to balance our checkbooks so we don't bounce checks, so we have less fear of that economic insecurity. We understand the word serenity because we finally have peace, because that roaring desire, that train wreck of a drive that took me out to drink every day, has quieted. So, when you have someone ask you, when do I get to see the results? Maybe you can say, about the time you start understanding the promises and what they're giving us. Let's hear what Joe and Charlie have to say about this week's episode.
1: Remember, we promised in the beginning that if you were willing, if you believed, if you decided, and if you took action, then you could expect certain results. Well, now then, we get the result of the action we've taken up to this point. Let's go to the bottom of page 83. Let's look at those promises
2: again. Said we we're painstaking about this phase of our <clears throat> development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door in. And- we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will naturally know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? Well, we think not. They're being fulfilled among us. Sometimes quickly. Spiritual
1: experience.
2: Sometimes slowly. Spiritual awakening. But they will always materialize if we work for them. You know, I, I'm looking for a perfect description of being reborn in my mind. And this promises is a perfect description of being reborn. I didn't think that. When I come to alcohol, it's anomalous And in most of these cases, these things have happened to me. And these, this is the way that I feel, and the way that I think, I am a different person. I died over here and become something else over here, which I think God is given for us to be anyhow. Is these things that you're talking about in the promises? There's only one
1: stipulation on these promises: you can have them if you're willing to work for them. You know, I got in a hotel or. A hospital room not long ago to visit another suffering alcoholic and when I walked in the room uh, one of the AA members was standing by the side of this guy's bed reading to him out a big book and I said oh great I'm glad to see you reading to him out of the book I said what are you reading he said I'm reading him the promises I said did you read him what went before the promises and he said no and I said well how in the hell do you expect him to get them you can have the promises if you're willing to work for them. If you're willing to do the action necessary, then you can have the promises they come after the action steps of four, five, six, seven, eight and nine. Now, I'm going to read them again. The reason I'm going to read them again, two reasons. number one is I love the way I read them <laughs> But the real reason is that I'm going to add a few words to them. Words I'm going to add to them refer to a time whenever I was young, when alcohol was my friend, whenever it did for me what it couldn't do for myself, and I could drink that alcohol and be Fred Astaire on the dance floor and the world's greatest lover in the back seat of a 36 Chevy. This is the way alcohol used to make me feel before it turned against me and almost destroyed me. Whenever I took a drink of alcohol, I knew it in freedom and new happiness. Whenever I took a drink of alcohol, I did not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Whenever I took a drink of alcohol, I comprehended the word serenity and I would know peace. Whenever I took a drink of alcohol, no matter how far down the scale I had gone, I could see how my experience would benefit others. Whenever I took a drink of alcohol, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity would disappear. Whenever I took a drink of alcohol, I would lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in my fellows. Whenever I took a drink of alcohol, self-seeking would slip away. Whenever I took a drink of alcohol, my whole attitude and outlook upon life would change. Whenever I took a drink of alcohol, fear of people and of economic insecurity would leave me. Whenever I took a drink of alcohol, I would intuitively
0: know how to handle situations
1: which used to me. Whenever I took a drink of alcohol, I would suddenly realize that alcohol was doing for me what I could not do for myself. Think about that for just a minute. As a kid growing up, I was always on the outside of the crowd looking in. I always needed and wanted these feelings, but I never could get them until one day somebody gave me a drink of alcohol. And all of these things began to become a part of my life whenever I was drinking. And I loved alcohol, and it did for me the things I couldn't do for myself, and I enjoyed it, and it was my friend, and I used it for a long, long time. But one day, alcohol turned against me, and the things that I was always afraid would happen in my life now begin to happen because of the alcohol itself. And I didn't know I was an alcoholic. I didn't know I would never be able to recapture these good things from alcohol. In the last four or five years of my drinking, I spent desperately trying to recapture these good feelings, not knowing I would never be able to do it, and alcohol almost destroyed me. I came to the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. And you gave me a book, and in that book I found a little program. And I put the first nine steps to work in my life, and one day I woke up, to the absolute amazing knowledge that these first nine steps were doing exactly the same thing for me that alcohol used to do for me when alcohol was my friend. Hell, no wonder I don't need to drink because I get everything good from the first nine steps that I ever got from alcohol period. And the real amazing thing is this. So far, the first nine steps have never turned against me as alcohol did. I've never been placed in jail because of the first nine steps. Never been drugged through a divorce court because of the first nine steps. Never vomited. Damn near did a time or two, but never really vomited because of the first nine steps. You see, that's the miracle of alcoholics' Anonymous. That's why I don't drink. I get everything good but none of the bad from the first nine steps. Now, if you read those steps very carefully, you or those promises very carefully, you'll notice that they all apply to the mind, none of them to the body. And if we've received those promises in our mind, then surely we have become entirely different people. We've probably undergone such a radical change in our personality at the end of step nine that we have recovered from a hopeless condition of the mind and of the body. We've had a spiritual experience, a complete change in our personality at the time we're through with step nine if we've received his promises. Now, if that's true, why do we need to go any further? Many people will tell us that there's three more steps in our program, 10, 11, and 12, to be able to maintain what we've received at the end of step nine.
0: And we don't really believe
1: that's what they're for. There's another law that applies, a natural law that says nothing in our universe ever stays the same.
0: Everything in this
1: universe is in constant state of change. It's either growing or it's dying. It's progressing or it's regressing. It's going forward or it's going backwards.
0: We've made a tremendous
1: amount of change, a tremendous amount of spiritual growth through the first nine steps. But to maintain that would mean to keep it as it is. And you can't keep it as it is. We're going to have to continue the spiritual growth. If we don't continue it, we're going to start slipping back. And we start slipping back, the first thing that happens is we start having trouble with people. And that backs up. The next thing you know, we get sick in our head and we start feeling resentments and fear and anger and etc. And the next thing you know, that backs up and blocks us off from the sunlight and spirits. And the next thing you know, we're drunk all over again. Let's look at the last three steps as growth steps more so than maintenance. Let's see if we can't find the words that show they are growth sticks. Twice in the big book, once in Bill's story and once in chapter 2, he mentions a fourth dimension of existence that they never dreamed of. We've looked at the first three. Now let's look at another dimension of living that we never dreamed existed, period. You can't explain it. You can't understand it. You can only think Let's see if maybe the last three steps aren't designed for that purpose.
2: So this thought brings us to step 10. One thing that we did as a fellowship, we took the steps out of this book and the instruction on how to work the steps, but we took the steps out of the book and we put them on these little cards, and we also put them on the wall, and we read them at the meetings and how it works. And if you read them off the wall or off these little cards, it, step 10 would say, continue to take personal inventory when we were wrong promptly admittedly. It, looked like, it looks like on the surface of it that you continue to take personal inventory and if you were wrong, you would promptly admit it. And it suggests maybe that you would do that at night. Well, that's not in the ten step, that's in the eleven. step. And Charlie and I agree together that we don't get in, in trouble in bed much more at night. So what we need is a walking around step. And this step means a lot more than just what you read on these little cards or off the wall. So let's don't take our steps off all around these little cards, just take them out of the book.
1: We took the steps out of the book, put them on the wall, the mistake is we left the directions on how to work them in the book. And they're not up there on the wall, and we can hardly work the steps on the wall. Let's see what the directions are for step 10.
2: This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously can <clears throat> this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. We've had a spiritual experience. We've entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow.
1: Not to maintain, not to keep as is, but to grow.
2: In understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. What step
1: did we use to look at those in the first place? Anybody remember? Step four? Okay.
2: When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them.
1: What steps did we use for that? Six and seven. Okay.
2: We discuss them with someone immediately.
1: What step was that? Five, all right.
2: And make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. What steps were those? Eight and nine. Okay. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. In other
1: words, step ten done according to the way the book says. Is a working on a daily basis for the rest of our lives. Step four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Those are the steps that gave us the spiritual growth in the first place. I would defy anybody in this room to work step four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine on a daily basis the rest of your life and stay the way you are. You absolutely cannot do that. As you continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, you learn more about yourself and more about your character defects. As you ask God to take them away, they become less and less. As you discuss them with another human being, you learn more about yourself. As you make amends quickly, your relationship with the world and the people in it becomes better and better and better. If you work step 10 the way the book says, your relationship with God, with yourself, and with your fellow man will continually become better and better
0: Don't you hate a program that actually tells you that it's going to help you, and it does? Or do you dislike a program that's going to show you your shortcomings and teach you how to overcome them so that they don't repeat themselves? Or maybe you just dislike the idea that if you become more caring and compassionate and understanding and find the God of your understanding that maybe you'll become a nicer person. That fear, that loathing of being able to do all those things was something I understood once I got into recovery. I didn't realize how much I craved them. The desire to change is what the book is asking of you and me. And it works. At this point, we are now at the approximately 10th step we have done the program of action of the first three steps we have made our restitution and we have made our resentments known between four five six seven and eight and we've asked forgiveness and we have spoken to people and right around nine to ten we start really i start really seeing the promises come true That yes, I have changed and I don't want to be the way I was. That is very powerful. That is something, as the old uh, country song says, that's something you can hang your hat on. And we should, because it's important that we make those changes correction. It is important that I make those changes because I want to be a better person. And I hope you do, too. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. If you'd like just the raw Joe and Charlie portion of the podcast, that is available on our Patreon site. The link to that is available on our website or in the pinned comment. Until next week, this is the Big Book Living Alive Joe and Charlie Podcast.